Our scripture passage today comes from the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. Before we read this, let us pause for a moment in prayer. Good and heavenly Father, you have given us all that we have, and you have given us your word to direct our steps, our thoughts, and even our heart. Father, we know we can understand nothing that you have given us without your spirit to illuminate us. And so, Father, we pray that you send that spirit now to us and to our hearts and minds that as we read it, as we hear, that we may truly understand. Father, bless this holy reading of your holy word. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This is the gospel of Matthew Chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. Listen now to the word of the Lord. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A long time ago in ancient Rome, and we're talking good 2,000 years ago or more from where we stand today. The world was a very different place. People thought and they behaved and they acted in ways that would really horrify us. I mean, crucifixion is a good example. They thought that was a good way to take care of people they didn't like, was to hang them on a cross and watch them die a slow and agonizing death. But that was kind of typical of the way that so many, so many Romans thought. So many people in the world thought. But one of the most horrific practices they had, in my opinion, was this uh, practice they called exposure. And it was how they got rid of children they didn't want. And it's exactly like it sounds. They would take babies, they didn't want them, and they would go expose them. Put them out somewhere and just let them die. They weren't going to be barbaric and kill them. They're just going to leave them out and let them die from cold or hunger or even attacks by wild animals. And there was a lot of reasons they might do this because the child had a physical deformity or maybe the, was weak or thin or, or didn't latch on right to nurse. Um, a lot of times they just did it because the child was female. They didn't want a female child. And there were these trash heaps outside of Rome, and they would go and take the baby and lay it on a trash heap and walk away and just let nature take its course. Well, sometime around the first century A.D., they started seeing these, these figures walking out along the trash heaps. It was this strange group of people who was doing things that, frankly, others couldn't understand. They called themselves Christians. And they went out to these trash heaps to collect the babies that were being left out and exposed. And they would go take the babies and they would raise them as their own. They would feed them and care for them and take what 
had been rejected and cast off by the world and love them and adopt them and raise them as their own children. And, and at first, the Roman world was horrified. Like, what are these? We don't, these are unwanted kids. Why do you want to take these? And, and they were surprised. Sometimes they were angry. But at, at some point, they started getting really impressed because something new was happening here something the world had never seen before, and people were acting in a way that they had never thought possible, even thought to act before. And it wasn't just the babies these Christians were going to. They were going out to the poor, and they were feeding the hungry, and they were embracing the outcast of society. They were even going into dangerous places. They were preaching to people who were in prison, who were convicted to die. They were they, they, they were finding people that were sick and, and had, had been kicked out of their house because they had plagues and even their own family didn't want to take care of them. And these Christians were going and gathering them up and risking their life to care for these people. They were even starting to pay attention and take a lot of interest in people in society who didn't mean anything at all. People like prostitutes and slaves and taking a deep and abiding interest in their life. What they were doing was Letting their light shine. Historians have argued for a long time about the spread of Christianity in the early, early church. And, and it's really kind of confounded them. Like they can't figure it out. But like it doesn't make any sense. There were so many religions popped up and there were so many that were more appealing than Christianity. But here you had the story of it was a bunch of illiterate fishermen spreading the story about a carpenter who was convicted of crimes against the state, executed, and they claim he rose again from the dead. I mean, it really is a ridiculous story. If you're going to have someone rising from the dead and being a god, don't make him a carpenter. And don't tell the story to a bunch of fishermen. I mean, you got to tell it to important people. But, but the story kept spreading, and it got bigger, and, and, and the Roman Empire hated it so much, they tried to suppress it and to snuff it out, but it seemed the harder they pushed the more successful this upstart sect of Christians became. How did this happen? How was this possible? There, there, there are a lot of theories. I've got my own theory. My theory is that they were letting their light shine. That these early Christians were letting their light shine without any inhibition at all. And in a world of darkness... They came blazing like stars at night. And it cut right to the heart of people. And it changed their lives and it changed the way they thought. And the world was amazed. And it couldn't be stopped. Because the light is always stronger than the darkness. See, Jesus preached a sermon to his disciples. It was Actually, an incredible sermon, and he actually says some incredible things. He said, you are the light of the world, the whole world, and you're the light of the world. Now, I want to point out to you, though, that he wasn't talking about people. He wasn't talking about human beings. Human beings are not just the light of the world. This sermon was directed to his disciples. Not just anybody's the light of the world, it's the disciples of Jesus Christ that are the light of the world. Not everybody is the light. And I, and I hate saying it, I really do. I wish everybody was the light, but not everybody is the light. Some people are darkness. And if you don't believe me, just let me read the news. 
I mean, just this past week, we've been hearing about the, the atrocities the Russian soldiers have been committing on their way out of Ukraine. Rape and pillage and murder, people being bound and executed, mass graves, these, uh, these mobile crematoriums that are using to cover up their crimes. It's not just in Russia. This week in Sacramento, six people killed in a gang shootout. Not all of them involved in gangs. Some innocent bystanders get hit by stray bullets, got caught in the crossfire. Chicago, New York, the big cities in America, violence, murder, crime are all skyrocketing. Not everybody's the light. Some people are the darkness. But that's not who you are. You are the light of the world. That's what Jesus told you. You are the light of the world. And this is the important part. If you're the light of the world, you've got to let it shine. You don't hide it. You don't keep it for yourself. You don't let it just sit at home by itself. Jesus said when you have a light, you don't put it under a bushel. You put it in a high place. So it gives, gives light to the whole world. So he says, go, let your light shine. Let your light be seen. Go, be the light in a world of dark. Now we need to clarify something here about this light. It's, it's not our light. We are the light, but the light is not our light. This light that's in us is the light of Jesus Christ. He is truly the light of the world, and we, we reflect that light. It's, it's the exact same relationship between the sun and the moon, which is great. You've got this analogy already drawn out in the heavens of how we act in relation to Jesus Christ. The moon is that, you know, see the full moon sometimes, it can be as bright as day right there in the middle of the night. But the moon doesn't have any light of its own. The moon just reflects the light of the sun. In the same way, it is not our light we're shining. We're shining the light of Jesus Christ in us. And as much as Christ dwells in us, as much as our faith in Him becomes a part of our life, we reflect that light. And we become the light of the world. And this light is all that is of Christ Jesus that lives in us. That light is our faith. The light is our hope. The light is the goodness that dwells in us because of Jesus Christ. The light is the joy that dwells in us because of Jesus Christ. That light is the love that we bear for each other and for even for others that hate us. That light is our charity. It's our kindness. It's our forgiveness. The glory of Jesus Christ dwelling in us. This light is also the promise of Christ. We are part of His body. We are His people. And as His people, we carry the hope of the world with us. We carry the hope of the world. We carry the promise of salvation. This is the light in you. The love and the glory and the hope of God. Let it shine. Don't cover it up. Let it shine so the whole world can see. Now, how do you do this? How do you let your light shine, you may ask? 
best way to do it is to live by faith. Which is funny enough what we've been talking about these last few weeks in the sermon series, living by faith. And that is how you let your light shine. Live out your faith. Don't make it just a proposition of, of theological ideas that just are in your head and they, and they get no further than that. Take that faith and what you believe in living it out. Make it the moving force of your life. That's how we shine our light. Is when our faith becomes our life and we're out there doing these good things in the world, works of generosity, works of kindness, works of charity, and works of forgiveness. It's all in how we act. Jesus is telling you, go out there and act like Christians. Go out there and act like you really believe these things that we talk about. Go out there and act like you really do have the light in you. That means for us being hopeful when the situation is hopeless. It means we're being brave when everybody else is afraid. It means loving when everybody else is hating, forgiving when the world is encouraging you to seek revenge. It means serving the lowliest, encouraging the weakest, giving to the poorest. Loving the most unlovable rascals out there in the world. It also means finding where the need is greatest and is most dire in the world and going to that place. Going to where it's darkest, where it's ignored, where it's rejected, where it's dangerous, where everyone's saying, you don't want to go to that place. It's the worst place in the world. It's full of poverty and awful people and just dusty and dirty and violent. And the Christians are like, perfect. That's where I want to go. And it's true. You can find the worst places in the world and you'll find no one else there but the church. No one else wants to go there but the people of Christ. It means wherever you are, whatever you're doing, let your faith lead you. Be motivated by your compassion. And always, always be gentle and kind. Now I do want to point out a little caveat here. When we're doing these things, these, these good works, letting our light shine, we're, we're not trying to solve the problems of the world. We're not. We're not under this laboring under the illusion that we can make the problems of the world go away and we can make the perfect world. Okay, That's, that's what's so different from the church, from all the, the nonprofits and these charitable organizations of the world. And they do good things. That's, just, that's not why we're doing it. We're not trying to save the whales or, or end hunger or stop poverty or eradicate all wars. And those are good things. Don't get me wrong. If we can do those, they'll be great. I'll, I'll be on board for all of that. But that's not why we let our light shine. That's not why Jesus told us to go out and let our light shine. If you read what he said today, he says, Let your light shine so that others may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. That's why we do these things. So people will see our good works and they'll give glory to God in heaven. It's all the way that we point to God. We point other people to Jesus Christ, showing them the same love that God showed us. And that's what the light does 
in our life. That's what it does for the world. It's a light just to, to show, show people to God. We're shining the light. Come here. You, you see, this is the way. But don't stop here. Don't stop with me. Get going. This is the way to the Lord. We do these good things, and we lift up, and we glorify the name of God, and people will praise Him. And it doesn't have to be big. We always love to use the big dramatic examples. It doesn't have to be a grand show. You don't have to go out to the trash heaps and bind up the wounds of lepers and go across the world to these third world places and preach the gospel to people who want to kill you. It's just whatever you're doing. Wherever you are in life, shine your light and be the light to others. Now, it is going to require you to leave your house, okay? You don't have to leave the state necessarily. You don't have to even leave the community here. You don't have to leave Lexington County, but you do have to leave your house. You do have to be among other people. And if you've got people around you, you have the opportunity to shine your light to them. Because when you do that, when you act like Christ has commanded us and you act with the light in you and your gentleness and compassion and love, other people are going to start seeing this. They're going to see that you're acting different. They're going to notice that there is something different about you. Well, when you get bad news at work and they say they're going to be cutting, cutting hours and laying people off and everybody else around you is just losing their mind and freaking out and you're staying calm and patient and you're still doing your work. And you're still holding the line. They'll notice something different about you. If you're, you're a teacher at school or there's that one kid that everybody can't stand. And no one wants to work with him at all. But you're the one that shows him this undying patience. They'll notice there's something different about you. When your friend group is, is all gossip. And you don't get involved. When everyone's being judgmental on that, on that one who's fallen from grace, but you're not going to step on his neck too. Or for kids in school, if you're watching that kid get bullied, and not only do you not get involved, but you'll be the one to stand up for him, they'll notice. It's one of the most powerful ways we can shine our light is, is always being joyful, is always being hopeful, is always being patient, is always being enduring when everyone around you has fallen to negativity and despair. And they'll notice. They'll notice that something is different about you. And when they ask you, how can you stay hopeful? How can you still be patient? How can you still be joyful when everything around us is falling apart? How can you do this? Then you simply point to the one who gave you the power. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You are the light of the world. You may be the only light that people get to see in their life. Now the church has got to be a big part of this. It does. I mean, after all, the light of the world are the disciples of Jesus Christ, His body, His church, us, His people. And this is where we learn to be the light of the world. 
This is where we are encouraged and strengthened to be the light of the world. This is hopefully where we come every week and get a nice big dose of that light in us so that we can go out into that world of darkness and continue to shine our light. It's also crucial and critical that here you be given an opportunity to be the light. To given the opportunity to live out your faith, not just a church we come and just sit for one hour a week and then go home, but have a church where we have the opportunity to be the light of the world. Now, some of you may have noticed that in your connector today, you have this card. And I'm going to explain that to you a little in more detail in just a minute. But I want to point out to you that this here is part of our effort to help you live out your faith. These are ways that we're going to try to help you live out your faith and in ways that we want to help you be a light to this world. Because we think to do this, the best way is to make this church a vibrant place. To make this church a place that is full of vibrant ministry, a place where people love each other, for people who love the Lord, who, who love to serve each other, who love to serve God. And, and if we can be that place, it'll be a light to this community. And this church can be a light to the world as well. Friends, long ago, Christians went to trash heaps to gather that which was cast off and rejected. And today our geography has changed, our empires are changed, our traditions have changed. But there are still many who feel cast off. There are still many in this world who feel that they have been flung onto the trash heaps of life. And we are still called to seek out what was rejected, what was reviled, what was cast off as worthless. We're still called to seek out these souls lost in darkness and shine our light on them. The light of mercy, the light of hope, the light of the love of God. But once we find them, we need a place to bring them. We need a place that they can gather and feel the light shining upon them as well. We need to be that place. And I firmly believe that Christ wants us to be that place. I believe that our Lord wants us to be just such a community. A place where the spiritually wounded can come and heal. A place where the lost can find direction. A place where the hopeless can come and find the light dwelling here. Go and shine your light. And may that light guide those in darkness to the light of our Lord Jesus Christ. To God be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.